Welcome to the OKC First podcast. Together, we're learning to do three things. Friendship with God. Friendship with one another. And open friendship for the sake of the world. For more information about OKC First, please visit OKCFirst.com. Well, good morning again. My name is Avarilla, and I am one of your pastors here. And welcome to All Saints Sunday. Today is the day that we honor and celebrate our great cloud of witness, the saints in our lives, those who are, are no longer here with us but have loved you well, have loved us well, and we have loved them. So we're going to honor them and celebrate them today. And Pastor Jason, as he does every year, will, will gracefully lead us through that liturgy, and you guys will have the opportunity to respond um, in a moment as we, as we just praise those who loved us so well and loved God so well. Now, today may be a hard day for some people. Remembering those who, who have gone um, can, can invoke some feelings that may be unpleasant. Or maybe today is a day that brings you comfort to think about them again and to say their name out loud and to do the naming of names. Regardless of how today is going to make you feel, all feelings are welcome here this morning. Because God's mind about you is made up and the news is good. the news is good. And you are loved and welcomed here today. We are going to continue in musical worship in response to our All Saints Day presentation with the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Today is the first Sunday of November, and so we are commemorating, remembering, celebrating, and recognizing All Saints Day, a Sunday to honor and remember those who have gone before us but are with us no longer. Today we acknowledge our great cloud of witnesses, those who have made our faith possible. Transformed by the love of God, these saints have helped us know what it looks like to love God. Today we remember and honor them, thanking God for the exemplars he has given us in the faith. As they are remembered, we hope that our lives are shaped by the God who has authored their stories. In a few moments, we'll begin this presentation. We'll have a brief moment of silence after the name is said and the person's picture in the life of our church is seen. I'll ask in that moment a, a brief short prayer, and you will get a chance to respond with, Lord, hear our prayer. Before we begin this moment, after we recognize those who've passed on the life of our church, we'll have a chance for a naming of names. And I want to take this moment to especially encourage our online congregation to be able to text in a name that you would like to be read during that portion of the service. You can text that in to the church's number, which you may have, We'll put that on the screen later during the naming of names, but sometimes it's a little bit of a lag. I didn't want our online congregation to miss out. So that phone number, Pastor Joel is going to be placing that into the chat right now. So you can have that phone number if you would like to begin. When you hear this, to text those names, you might want to be recognized in the naming of names after we remember those who passed on in the life of the church. And so now, let's begin. Today we remember Naoma Tidwell. Lord, as we remember this life today, comfort us who remain. Lord, hear our prayer. 
This morning we remember Ron McNeil. And Mama E, all our prayers are with you. Lord, as we remember this life today, comfort us who remain. We remember Irma Patterson. Lord, as we remember this life today, comfort us who remain. Today we remember Glenn Fane. Lord, as we remember this life today, comfort us who remain. This morning we remember Fran Corey. Lord, as we remember this life today, comfort us who remain. And although not an active worshiping member of our community, we remember one of our interim pastors. This morning we remember Roger Hahn. Lord, as we remember this life today, comfort us who remain. Now we want to take this time to remember the people in your life who have influenced your walk with Jesus. In a few moments, we'll be taking part of this naming of names, an opportunity to remember those people who've gone before us in faith, but just like those recently mentioned, have risen in Christ. If you have someone in your life that has recently passed away that you would like to remember in the name of Christ, in a few moments, Pastor Matt will be taking this microphone and be able to just kind of get his attention, and so our online congregation can hear, and so you can hear, you'll be stating that name. In the interest of time, just state, rather than your name or how you knew that person, would you just say their first and last name? Pastor Avarilla, could I ask you to be over here and grabbing the, another my microphone to be able to take this side of the congregation as well? If you w- would like to share and you're in the room, but you don't think this time you would be able to say that name in a microphone, would you please text that in to 405 843 9588. I have the church phone up here on the platform with me, and I'll read that name on your behalf. During the silence between the names that have been stated, just take time thinking about your great cloud of witnesses and be praying for those who stand and share someone who has made an impact on their life. When this time comes to a natural time of close, I will lead us in a final responsive reading. Thank you, Matt, and thank you, Avarilla.
don't see the second microphone, so thanks. Glenn Rigdon. Thank you. Lori Nelson. Sherry Gilliland. Rita Hatfield. Thank you. Roger Cable. Thank you. My dad, Wayne Hughes. Thanks, Tina. Jerry Green. From online, we remember Diane Allen and Yolanda Flores. Clary Kinsler. Thank you. Frankie Lynn Oberst. Thank you. We remember Carl and Fern Shepherd. Louis Thompson. Gerald. Thank you. Tom Eaton and Cherokee Forsberg. Thank you, Christy. This morning we remember. Roy Doris. Carol Arbuckle and Stephen Halofsky. Thank you. This morning we remember Joyce Bruce. We also remember Gabriel Dyer, Kami Brussert Gilstrap and Renee and George Pierce. Hazel Fielder and Mark Singer. Thank you. I'm sure this is from one of our friends watching at home, from James Shea, remembers his wife, Carolyn Shea. Jim Fain. We remember Robert Crouch. We also remember Rudy Rocket Jr., Rosa Rocket, and Mary Castillo. Hal Cawthorn. Thank you. We remember Mark and Melody Simmons. There's no doubt that most of you right now are thinking of someone in your great, great cloud of witnesses. We are remembering that name, that face, and that story together. Will there be one more person who said, oh, I think I should stand? Ina Ellis. Thank you. 
Crystal Malkoduff. Thank you. And from our text line we receive, we remember Marga Owens, Robert Judd, and Leo Finkenbinder. Also from online and from texting in, we remember Marilyn Kinneman and Rob Ivins. This morning we also take time to remember Ken Hardy and Terrence Ballard. Thank you for your participation in this naming of names. Now let's conclude this portion of the service with this responsive reading, and we'll respond to this part of worship, a musical worship, with great faithfulness. Thank you, God, for giving us such a multitude of faithful disciples. Lord, prepare us also to be faithful to the work you have placed before us. Amen. Our preacher today will be one of my dearest friends, uh, Reverend Jason Smith, and you, uh, you will benefit today from the ministry of Jason Smith. He always preaches on All Saints Sunday. Prior to that, however, you're going to hear the scripture read by my friend, Professor Doug Forsberg. We have done the right thing today in talking about all the people who have gone, all the people who have been here and have been part of our family I also want to celebrate and announce today that we are adding to this family as well. Would you help me welcome our newest staff member, Pastor Doug Forsberg. Wow, that was longer than I expected. That's pretty good, yeah. Uh, Pastor Doug, and I have it on good authority that that is the title that he prefers. Uh, Pastor Doug will be here among us, helping us think through issues of justice and compassion, and, and we just couldn't have found anybody any better suited to do that. If you have a chance to come be a part of a class, if you have a chance to be a part of a ministry, here's what I can promise. That ministry will make an impact, and you'll be better off. If for no other reason, you'll be around this man. And so we want to welcome Doug and his wife, Devana. This is Devana. Will you wave at us over there, too? So glad to have you here as well. Thank you. I want you all to know that uh, Devana and I have loved this church for a very long time. We believe in what you stand for and what you strive to do. And it's an honor for me to be just a part of this beautiful family. Uh, Pastor John and the beautiful staff he has placed, he's put together. So we're just honored. And we have many wonderful adventures together. Amen. Would you stand at the reading of God's word today, please? We're going to be reading today from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 23, verses 1 to 12. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach you and follow it, but do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their flatteries broad and their fringes long. 
They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher and you are all students. And call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the one in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant, and all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. The word of the Lord. And God bless you. A few years ago, I came to John and said, I don't beg to preach ever. I will gladly preach when you are out of town. But man, it just feels like with the gifts that this church has given me as a pastor, that this is a Sunday that makes sense for me to bring the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ on All Saints Day. This morning's message will be part good news, part spiritual direction, part contemplative prayer. This is my second favorite Sunday of the year. Look at the smile on my face. What an odd thing. I continue the sermon series that John has been going through with the uncomfortable kingdom. And what's more uncomfortable than a pastor smiling with a big smile on his face on a day we remember death? Well, we don't remember death today because my second favorite Sunday is because Easter is my favorite Sunday, the day we celebrate the resurrection of the risen Jesus. I think of any other Sunday of the Christian year, this is of all the many resurrections, the other 51 many resurrections we get each week, this is the Sunday that I think we celebrate resurrection as much as we do when the, cross, when the cross explodes in white and we celebrate the empty tomb. This is a day of resurrection hope. We gather today because Christ is risen from the dead, and we, when we lay our loved ones down, we are laying them down in hope because of the promise and hope of the resurrection. And what restoration and redemption of all things looks like as we await the resurrection of the dead. I just blocked eyes with Ron Wright. On this day, most cultures in America have a death aversion. One of your favorite authors is a man named Richard Beck, and he talks about that kind of death aversion. If anybody's looking to read a book, The Slavery of Death is one of the top 10 books I've read this last 10 years. And so churches in the past, Ron, the cemeteries were underneath the churches. The very foundation of the church building, we were buried on top of those who went before us. Over time, maybe that became the side yard of the church. And then now in 2023, our cemeteries are as far away as they can go so we don't have to think about death. And so we think about death today, but as we look about the saints that have gathered around us as a great cloud of witnesses, we are thinking about resurrection. So this Sunday, I hope that as we gather together, you are thinking about resurrection as we remember these saints. Now, the passage in the sermon series that we got to this morning, you know, it seems like it may be more bad news than good news. Jesus is denouncing the scribes and Pharisees. And you think that I'm going to talk, this is a great study to talk about the great things that our great crowd of witnesses have done, and yet the passage that's given to us seems like bad news. But I think we're going to get to the good news. I think we're going to get there quick. Jesus says to the scribes and Pharisees as he's addressing them to the crowds, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach you and follow it. So even before he starts, he is saying that the law is good. You are to follow the law. But yet, 
he comes at them and he denounces the way that they follow. But do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others. But they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. So the scribes and the Pharisees have understood the rules, but they've never understood love. You saw a hint of this last week when Pastor John preached from Matthew 22, when they're kind of this gotcha moment where they're going to ask Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And how does Jesus respond? Jesus responds with the Shema, which is that Hebrew word for hear that says, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. Now, Jesus says all of your mind. I've always found that to be very fascinating. A little bit of Greek influence in Jesus' words. But that prayer of the Shema would have been said every morning and every evening by our Jewish ancestors of the faith following Yahweh. It's about love. And the Pharisees were terrible examples. They modeled faith for others so poorly in the way that the rules and not love became the way that they articulated their faith. The way that they followed the rules made themselves look good rather than lifting up those who were in need. And so it really became not loving at all. This becomes a problem issue for people wanting to follow Jesus. Later on in Acts 15, there's another verse that resembles what Jesus just said. The gospel is being given to the Gentiles. It's moving beyond our Jewish brothers and sisters, and it's going to be able to be to all of the world, even us. And yet there's this disagreement among the apostles in this incredible verse that says, oh, there were a group of apostles who were wanting to make sure that these new people in the faith followed the same rules that we're following. Does that sound similar perhaps to an elder brother? Or for someone that says, we got to make sure that everyone's following the rules before they're included. And yet this apostle Peter says this, now therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing on the neck of the disciples a yoke that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear? On the contrary, we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ just as they will. And there's this moment that they say, there's no longer us in them, but we're all us. It's not the way that you follow the rules. It is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that is the good news. And so this is the good news. And I don't know if I was very good at sharing the good news when I started officiating funerals here for the life of this body of Christ over 21 years ago. Oh, Mama E has stepped out. Mama E's mom was named Nanny Prophet. Did I get that right, Pastor John? The first funeral I ever did, oh, there's Lee Copeland. You remember visiting Nanny Prophet. The first funeral I ever did was someone that very, didn't know very many people. They were rather new to the church. There was just going to be a few people. But Nanny Prophet heard that the brand new pastor of pastoral care back in, oh gosh, Katie, 2001, 2002, was going to be doing his first funeral. So Nanny Prophet got on the phone and called every member of the church that she knew. Does this sound like Mama E? And she called everybody and said, Pastor James Jason's doing his very first funeral. We all got to come to support him and then to see if we want him to do our funeral. 
And so Nanny Prophet filled the church. We showed up and I was shocked. I was like, no one knows this person. Why are they here? Well, they were there's a taking Jason out for a test drive. How's he going to do when he's given the chance, the opportunity, the honor to lay someone rest in the hope and promise of the resurrection? Those first five years, I don't think I did as good as God has helped me to these last few years. I had such good exemplars that I was able to tell a story about the person who passed away, and I would conclude the sermon with, be like Catherine, or be like Bob. And I, I just thought, well, this is, this is the right thing. But about five years in, I recognized that that is not the task of the pastor. The task of the pastor, when we are laid to rest in the promise and hope of the resurrection, is to say, be like Jesus. And the funeral moment, or this morning, becomes the task for us to say, how does that beloved person who died in faith point us to Jesus? I want us to take a few moments to consider our great cloud of witnesses. If you are relatively new to the life of the church, you may not remember some of the faces, some of the names, and some of the stories that we're about to place on the screen. There's about, in just a few moments, you'll see about a hundred faces. And I want you to, for those who've been here a few years, remember some of those lives and some of those stories. For those of you who are somewhat new, for those of you who are watching online for the first time, as those names and those faces are presented in front of you, I want you to think of your great cloud of witnesses. You may not know these faces, but no doubt there have been people who because of their life, because of their story, you are here this morning or you're watching online because love is mediated through relationship. And so in these next few moments, I just want to take time to place before us and underneath us and surrounding us our great cloud of witnesses. Now I want to take a few moments to highlight some of the folks that have gone before us and the ways that they have pointed us to Jesus. God has given us such great gifts that have gone before us, and I want their stories to continue to be told. Catherine Cherry pointed us to Jesus by the way that she reminded us that we are a tree and a story about a forest. Catherine, every time I walked into her home, before she could even turn around, she would ask the question, how's the church? Her parents, H.L. and Hattie Short, were founding members in May of 1910 of Oklahoma City First Church of the Nazarene, and we are forever grateful for her story. Wes Harmon pointed us to Jesus in the fact that he never stopped learning. This missionary, this old professor, this straight shooter coming from the very streets of Oklahoma City to join our church. When he was an old man, I would go to his office and he would say, what are you learning? Tell me about what they're teaching right now in the theology department. He never stopped learning. We are grateful for the way in which Wes pointed us to Jesus. Will McColl, you most likely know her from Cole Community Center. I know woman because she pointed us to Jesus through her perseverance and through her generosity. Wilma underwent a stroke and was difficult for her to communicate. She would do all she could to 
articulate the grace of God in her life and left us with a gift which her name will never be forgotten. We are grateful for Wilma Cole as she points us to Jesus. We remember Belden J. Slothauer. BJ pointed us to Jesus in the way that he helped us to know what it was like to walk with God. At 100 years old, he would walk until that backyard was a dirt path, praying and walking, pointing us to Jesus. This morning, we remember Ruth Crow, the father of Walt Crow, the mother of Walt Crow. <laughs> Ruth in her, also had suffered a stroke, and she's pointed us to Jesus by the way she sat at the entrance of St. Anne's Nursing Home and would greet everyone with joy and an expression of hospitality, pointing us all to Jesus. We remember Ruth. This morning, we remember Jerry Bell, who pointed us to Jesus through his wisdom and his spirit. Jerry pointed us to Jesus because his midlife crisis was not a new car, Mike. His midlife crisis was a whole out all, I surrender all life to Jesus, and in the middle of his life, gave himself fully to following after God as he points us to Jesus. Virginia Moody points us to Jesus in the way that she prayed. Virginia, when she was a small girl, she began to a journal on one of those just notepads, and she wrote down every single answer to prayer her whole life, and as we laid her to rest, her daughter Marla brought me her journal, page after page after page after page after page. You wouldn't believe it. Every single answer to prayer. Virginia pointed us to Jesus. Ken Rice, one of our former pastors, but an associate pastor who was Mr. Sunday School. Ken Rice pointed us to Jesus for the way in which he believed in education, Christian formation spiritual formation, to know that being part of a church is so important for us to read our Bible, pray, gather together, but also to care for those on the margins and to make sure we took care of every single person downtown. Ken Rice points us to Jesus. Mary Hall. Mary Hall points us to Jesus in that we know because of Mary Hall that no matter how old you are, God has never given up on you, and you can always turn to Jesus. God is never done with any of us. None of us are finished products, and Mary points us to Jesus. We remember Bob Corey. Bob Corey, in the same way, reminds us that none of us are too old to be called by God to a ministry in his late 70s, receiving his very first local minister's license to work with those on the margins for those who are incarcerated. Bob Corey points us to Jesus, and we are grateful. Helen Jameson, my gracious. Helen points us to Jesus for her kindness, for her hospitality, for her generosity, for the way that she gathered all of her friends on Tuesday mornings to start this Tuesday morning widow's club, that she just needed friends. And she points us to friendship. As she would go on all of my visits, she would say, Pastor Jason, it looks like our friend Stella may be homebound. Let's go visit her and we'll gather together. Let's go visit Gladys. Let's go visit Wilma. 
she took care of those who needed God's care. And Helen points us to Jesus. And Jim Harmon, can you still see him in the back? If you look back there, greeting at that back door, Jim Harmon points us to Jesus. Because of his faithfulness and the way he wanted to make sure every single person who would walk into this room know that they were greeted with the love and grace of Jesus Christ. You see, Nazarene funerals, most, I would say, evangelical funerals are quite similar. We gather and we share all of the list of accomplishments of those who've passed on and make sure we let you know ways in which the holiness of your life has been shared. We've done a little bit of that this morning. Because no one wants to speak ill of the dead. You've heard that phrase before. No one wants to maybe even tell the truth at times. I have done a few funerals, Matt, where uh, I, I end up doing funerals for neighbors and friends and your loved ones, and I just have kind of done that for quite a few years now. I remember a funeral I did for a neighbor that I just couldn't get anything out of this family to tell me about this person, so I did my best. And then as soon as we finished the graveside service, everyone came up to me and told me all of these things that were about a person who did not, they did not want to share before I were to preach. And I thought to myself, ooh, there's grace in this. And it reminds me of some of the Amish funeral practices they want to share with you. See, for our Amish brothers and sisters, when they have their funeral moments, there is no boasting about the deceased. Of course, it's probably, you can imagine, something very simple. But they will not boast about the accomplishments or holiness of those that have passed away. In fact, some Amish services, and they're very closed community, so you would not probably be invited to that service. That closed community would at time gather and even sometimes list the shortcomings of the person during the funeral service. Now, wouldn't that make for a more fun funeral uh, of our Nazarene evangelical circles? <laughs> to just go ahead and just kind of have somewhat of a constanzan airing of the grievances. <laughs> I don't think that the youth group got a constanzan reference from Seinfeld, but most of you did who grew up like I did watching Seinfeld. But isn't that interesting, that this closed community would come together and in grief love a person and list even their shortcomings, recognizing that this moment is not about how good that person was, but it's all about grace. By grace you have been saved through faith. It is a gift of God. When we lay you to rest, we lay you in rest in the promise and hope of the resurrection. We don't lay you to rest based upon how well you checked the boxes and followed the rules. In a song that we'll sing as we move towards Christmas season after Advent, his law is love and his gospel is peace. We've gathered today here on All Saints Sunday because it's all about grace and it's all about relationships as people have pointed us to follow after Jesus. The end of the passage we received this morning in Matthew 23 says this, the greatest among you will be your servant, and all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. And so today we've been given an invitation 
to be grateful for those who've gone before us. And I think we recognize as we take a moment for contemplation, remembrance, and thanksgiving, the stories of humility and servanthood that have gone before us that point us to Jesus. My hope is that as we continue and move towards the table, and if you are helping this morning, you can come. Thank you, Pastor Avarilla, for administering our elements. We have the opportunity and invitation to, in grace, contemplate the ways in which the love of God has captured the imagination and service of those who have gone before us. And as we come to the table, our humble king, our humble servant, we remember and lift up the resurrected Christ on this All Saints Day. In a few moments, you want to know that you all are invited to this table. One thing we have said that has become, I believe, a mantra of who we are is that all are welcome, but none are compelled. You are not forced to come to this table, but you are invited to come to this table because we are remembering in this moment God's self-sacrificial vulnerable love for all of us. And so, God, we ask that you would bless these elements that you would, God, transform them into the means of grace, that we would, God, know and understand grace and be transformed by grace. So in a few moments, I'm going to ask you to, when it's your rose turn, stand and go to the, the edge or to the left of your pew and come forward and come open with open hands and, and someone will place that, that bit of matzah cracker Place it in your open hands, and you'll take that there and dip it into the cup, and go ahead and partake right there as soon as you receive that. That person will say, this is the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. And then you can respond however you would like to respond. These altars will be open. Here, we call these the, the mourner, mourner's benches or the altars, if however you might need to pray. We've got two padded altars on each side if you would like to have prayer for healing. You can be able to make sure you'll kneel there, and there'll be a pastor that'll greet you there and pray with you and anoint you with oil. If you'd like to remember your baptism this morning, this is a, a, a baptistry that we remember this water to remember what God has done in and through us in baptism, that we might remember our baptism. And if you are interested in baptism, please let a pastor know we would love to baptize you in the coming days. Our hope as pastors is that your life is captured by the love of God. And the love of God is mediated to us through relationships. And our great cloud of witnesses is included in that relationships today. So in humility and gratitude, in remembrance and thanksgiving, we come to the table and we give thanks. For it was on the night that he betrayed that Jesus took bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat and do this in remembrance of me. That same day, he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he redefined it as the new covenant of his blood given for the forgiveness of sins, saying, take and drink and do this in remembrance of me. And so we've come to the table in grace, in humility, in thanksgiving, in praise, in remembrance. So I invite you on those first few pros, if you would want to go ahead and stand, come forward and receive the Eucharist. We'll continue in worship on this All Saints Sunday.